0: A few years ago, I worked in a small local pet store during college. I was one of two women who worked there, and we didn't generally work at nights together. This store kinda specializes in saltwater fish and reptiles in particular, so it wasn't too odd to have newbie reptile or aquarium people or people looking to just learn some more before actually getting a little companion. About a year into me working there, This one man would come in and start asking questions about the bearded dragons in particular. I humored him the first couple of times he came in and answered his questions for about an hour and a half to two hours each time he came in. But then he just kept coming in, not buying anything, not looking at other animals, refusing to talk to my other coworkers standing right next to me. He was definitely a dude with a creepy vibe but after about the third time, this guy came in and questioned me about Bearded Dragon's mating habits for an hour. We all started getting uncomfortable. He knew my schedule because we were such a small store. I would call my friends and let them, too, come hang out the shop while he was there because he was just so persistent about talking to me. And only about the Bearded Dragon's with the occasional, Do you have a boyfriend? Or pickup line. I told them I wasn't interested each time and told them I had a boyfriend, even though I didn't. At first, we were all pretty forgiving, chalking it up to social awkwardness, but it started getting scary when he'd come in, look for me, not find me, but he'd find my car, with significant damage at the time and decorated, very obviously my car back then, and just hang out outside the shop. My boss-slash-manager started telling me to hide out in our back employee's only rat-slash-mouse room when he'd come in. My friends weren't weirded out, I was getting uncomfortable around him, and my co-workers were actually trying to curb his enthusiasm for coming in. I ended up quitting that job. Around a month later, I'm watching the news with my dad, and oh buddy, we were in for a surprise. This same guy had been escorted off of his ex-property in the local town by police. Came back to the house that same night and murdered her. When she didn't show up for work, her co-workers called for welfare check. Police get there. He answers the door and tells them his name is Zeus. It most definitely was not his real name. Lets the police in. They find her in the bathtub on a tarp. They also found bloody plates, silverware, and pans in her sink. He had cooked and eaten parts of her heart, liver and brain. He's still waiting for trial on our state. And his interviews slash clips of news people questioning him while the police are escorting him to the court are just bonkers. He tried to claim demonic possession at one point. He had previously murdered two people and had been released from prison before moving to our area. Trust your instincts about people you interact with. People are wild. Let's definitely not meet again. It was 2006 and I was a student attending the American College Dance Festival, which was held at Boston University that year. I was 20 and I went to a small college in another state. There were about 10 of us who went on the trip. My college flew us out to Boston, but didn't have the funds for hotel accommodation, so we all stayed with anyone we knew in Boston. One of my best friends from high school was stunning at another college in Boston, so I crashed at her apartment for the festival. Each day we would start with some dance classes early in the morning on the BU campus. I took the subway to get from my friend's place to campus and I had to take the very first train in the morning to get there on time. The nearest subway stop was one of those very small and simple ones where there's just a platform with stairs leading up to the street on either side. No employees or kiosks. I had little experience in navigating large cities and subway travel, and I was nervous to get around this way. Especially since the early hour and the small stop meant I was often there alone. So, when I saw a worker in the MTA, Massachusetts Transportation Authority, vest sweeping snow off the steps one morning, I was immediately relieved. Boy, was I wrong. I went down the stairs and sat on the bench on the platform alone. Shortly afterwards, the worker came and stood uncomfortably close to me with his broom. He kept looking at me out of the corner of his eye. I thought this behavior was creepy and I noted to myself that he obviously had not had time to finish cleaning the snow off the steps. I was getting really tense when a couple who were being loud and apparently drunk from the night before came down and waited on the opposite bench. The worker didn't move, kept side-eyeing me. The train came and was already pretty full. I grabbed one of the last remaining seats, and the MTA worker boarded the same car and stood near me. I could see his reflection in the window of the subway car as he stared at me for the whole ride. He didn't seem to be aware, I could see him staring. When I got off at my stop, he got off too and started following me. Luckily, my dancer's legs propelled me through a big crowd of people, and I lost him as he followed me off the train. I had the deepest creepy feeling about the whole thing. Still gives me the willies over a decade later. This happened today, and I don't know if I'm more weirded out or creeped out. I was taking the bus from work past what is generally known as a pretty sketchy area in my city. I sat in the back of the bus on the second last row, where a man was sitting behind me. Pretty normal stuff. I was just minding my own business, reasonably tired, after work. All of a sudden, I hear the man speaking very clearly and pretty loudly, saying all kinds of, how should I put it, intimate things. I figured I shouldn't pry, he's probably on the phone with his girlfriend or leaving her a message on her receiver this continues for the entire duration of the bus ride 15 plus minutes with almost no breaks in between talking when it's my stop i get up to get off i turn around and see he's been talking to me the entire time he was staring directly at me and talking to me no phone in hand no anything reasonably weirded out i tried to check out In my country, you have these cards you use for public transportation. You check in when you get on the bus, train, subway, and check out when you get off, paying according to distance and time traveled. So the thing is, if you don't hold it at the exact angle at once, the motherfucker will beep and make the saddest error sound, telling you that you have to try to check out again. The guy, still observing me, looks me up and down very nondiscreetly, smiles and says, relax girl, don't rush, take your time. I say nothing and hurry off the bus as quick as I can. So weird guy harassing me in broad daylight, let's not meet again. P.S. When he said the last line, I swear. His face made him look like Lenny, personified. I'm not entirely sure this belongs here, but redirect me if I'm wrong. When I was about eight years old, my sister, who was 18 at the time, brought home her new boyfriend, who I'll call C. He was around 30 years old, which concerned my mom but it wasn't abnormal for my sister to do this. At this point in her life she was falling rapidly into a deep depression. Drugs and one-night stands were very common at this time for her. So, an actual boyfriend seemed better than my mom not knowing where she was every night. C was very nice to us and especially to me. He and my sister took me to different places. He bought quite expensive gifts for me and my eight-year-old self liked him very much for those of course this will be relevant later I even went to his house for a sleepover but of course my sister was there with me I should tell you I never got any creepy vibes from him he never said anything weird or creepy as far as I can remember fast forward to the day they broke up it's quite a blur so I don't remember all of it I do remember him showing up at our house and my sister refusing to let him in. My mom wasn't home, but it was still light out and luckily we were very close with our neighbors. My other sister, she was around 13 or 14, kind of locked herself in her room. But every now and then she'd walk up to her older sister and ask, has he left yet? Now I was a very curious kid and I had no clue what was going on so my older sister was very distraught and very snappy towards me. Understandable, considering I was constantly following her and asking questions. I remember looking out my mom's window while my sister tried to push my head out of sight. This is also relevant. See yelled at her that he had to come all this way. He lived about an hour away and something about the police, though I can't remember what. He left shortly after. Years later I thought of this evening and finally asked my mom about it. What she told me left me shocked. Apparently my sister found videos of children doing things they shouldn't be doing on his phone. It still gives me shivers thinking about how nice he was to me and why my sister tried to keep me out of view that night. This isn't as scary as most stories here, but I thought I'd share this and let you guys decide. But see. I really hope me and my family never see you again. This all happened a few months ago. Me and my four friends, we were all 13, were sleeping over at my friend's house on a Saturday night. We all got to his house around 4. Eventually we decided to go to McDonald's. That was about 30 minutes from his house. After arriving at McDonald's, we ate our food, went to the shop for about 15 minutes, and left. It was around 5.30 when we decided to go to the welfare that was near the shop. Now in the UK, anyone who lives here will know that it gets pitch black like at 5.30 in the winter, so it was dark outside. To get to the welfare, it was either a 20-minute walk around the housing estate we were by, or cut through a forest which would take around 10 to 15 minutes. We all decided to cut through the forest. We were all joking around, pushing each other and trying to scare each other. Around 5 minutes before we got to the welfare, we all heard a twig snap to the left of us. We started laughing at my friend, letting out a slight scream. We thought it was a small rodent like a squirrel or something. We were about to keep walking when we saw our friend just frozen staring into the woods. We all told him to hurry the fuck up, but he just didn't move. Two of us decided to go towards my friend to see what he was staring at. Looking back now, I really wish we would have walked around the housing estate because what I saw will never, ever leave me, and I hope no one will ever have to experience this. I saw a man... He stood there staring at us, not moving. My friend took out his phone and turned on the torch and aimed it at him, but what I saw was just terrifying. The man has a knife clenched in his teeth, with a knife going through the side of his cheek, blood dripping down his chin and onto his clothing and floor. We all lost our shit screaming and running trying not to trip on the mud or bottles on the floor. When we reached the end of the forest, we all had red faces and shaking. We all walked back to our friend's house, just reflecting on what just fucking happened. We went to have our sleepover and had a good time, except for the fact that we all kept thinking of what happened. We never told anyone about this, and I hope that I never meet that man in the woods again. Edit. It's been mentioned in the comments that we should have called the police. Yes, we should have, but we thought that our parents wouldn't believe us, as they would think it was a joke. However, if this happens to you, then be smart and call the police. Hi, so this is my first and last time I go dancing with people, and this story is of how I met up with a guy who was trying to get me to stay with him. So a long while ago, I had a group of friends that were really close. We would make fun of one another, go on hikes and just be super chill. One girl in this group named T, keeping it there, got messed with a lot because she was newer and she had dated one of the guys in our group. She was really helpful to me and supported me in getting my whole life together. She really wanted me to do better for myself. And I still talk with her till this day. She talked to me about going dancing since I had been in a bad relationship with a Chad. Yeah, I know. I see your judgmental eyes. And he was treating me like shit. So going dancing was a good option. I'd never gone dancing. So I had no idea what to wear or how to dress. I wore a short black dress with some heels and realized once we got there, I was way overdressed. We were celebrating my 21st birthday since I had a bad birthday since I was 10 and never really had a good birthday on my actual birthday. She wanted to take me out for some fun and we walked into this college country bar. We grab drinks and take some shots and then run to the dance floor. We're chilling out, talking and dancing with people when I notice. I'm being stared at by a really tall guy. He is looking at me like I'm meat. licking his lips as he's sitting at one of the booths as i'm there with my friend t on the dance floor i tell her about it and she says he probably just thinks you're pretty but you just stay away from him when we leave just in case we keep dancing and i keep getting stared down and i feel the eyes deepen on me i keep telling my friend and we start to dart away into the crowd more as to not be seen the night ends at 2am and we're walking back to our car, we did not drink and drive. We had a friend up the road at a D&D tournament who was sober to drive us all home. They live near the bar, but the boyfriend lives with tea and her roommates. He's super cool and he sees us as bros, so he agreed to drive us home. We start to walk out when I notice the tall guy walking behind me and starts staring me up and down. I hold on to my friend and give her hints. She holds on to me and he walks ahead of us. You would think that would be it, but no. We're outside and due to the crowd, we got separated. I look around and notice the tall guy is right in front of me. He starts to talk, and that's when I notice he has a kind of Liberian accent. One of my co workers is from Liberian. She is super sweet, and the accent and dialect are very similar to how she talks. Him. Are you alone tonight? Me. No, I'm with a friend. I'm just looking for her. Him. What if she never finds you? Me. What? Like this dude never even asks my name, and just starts talking, being hella creepy. He then doesn't let me finish talking, and locks his fingers with mine. I get visibly uncomfortable and try to get away. He then goes and grabs my waist and pulls me in. He then says, I'm taking you home tonight, and no one will find you. And I'm dead ass freaking out, and struggle to get out of his embrace. I scream for him to let me go. People start to notice, and my friend T looks over and sees this going on. She runs to us and helps me get the hell out of his arms. She holds on to me and we start running to the car in panic. I legit turn to see this man smiling and waving at me as we're running. He says, see you next time. With the creepiest fucking wave of my life. We get in the car and I tell my friend what happened and we go get my friend at the D&D tournament to take us home we're on the car on the way home, I tell him the story and explain the whole creepy situation. He tells me I should have called the cops or run to the bartenders for help. It's been two years since that incident, but I have never gone back since. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't run away. I'm sorry if there's any formatting issues or grammatical errors. I'm writing this on my phone and I've been wanting to tell this story for a while and felt like this would work here. This took place about four years ago when I was still in college. So for preference I'll be saying I didn't always make the smartest choices but I've learned better now. I would not recommend anyone doing what I did. Around the time I was doing acting jobs on the side for fun and was part of a Facebook group that covered the whole state. This was my main source to find any auditions before I had found an agent. One night I was scrolling the page and I saw there was an audition for this action film. I had never heard of the production company, but that was pretty common as many college students would use the page with a made up production company name. Me being a person who couldn't resist auditions for everything at the time sent the director a message with my headshots. It took about 30 minutes for him to respond. I would like to note that it was one in the morning when I had sent the message, I, being naive, thought this was normal. He asked if he can call me and I gave him my number. Blink minutes later, he called and introduced himself as Eric. He explained the plot and told me the role I'd play, which completely threw off my guard because at the time I hadn't done many notable things for someone to just give me a role. I wish i had seen the red flags, but instead I let it get much worse. During this time, I learned that Eric taught classes on a military base nearby, and this film was loosely based on his 30 years in that field. I thought that was cool and realized that it wasn't some college project. Then the conversation took a turn As he started to focus on my headshots I'd sent, he kept saying that I was so pretty and that I'd fit in well in his other business. He kept that focus there even when I asked more about the part. When I asked what the business was, he refused to elaborate, saying that I'd need to fill out some paperwork first as people had tried to ruin him in the past. I was apparently blind to the red flags that were directly in front of my face and signed all the paperwork because I was too nosy. Looking back, those documents probably weren't even legal. I sent them back to him, and he had said that I would hear from one of his partners, Karen. He also set up a time to meet later that day, around 7 p.m., and had me write down an address. I wasn't from the area, so I didn't know where it was and figured I'd just look it up later that day. Ten minutes later, I get a call from Karen. She sounded nice and spoke highly of Eric. I expected this since they were together. She told me she was excited that I was going to join the project and asked if I wanted to know about their other business. I told her yes, and she started talking. So he had a production company that made film and another that made porn. She told me that I would be a great fit and would love to have me on the team. I flat out rejected her offer. She tried to make me budge by telling me that their company was really popular, but I wanted no part in it. A few days later, this all happened. I tried looking up the company, but it didn't exist. She kept trying to get my opinion on really disgusting things that I won't mention because it gave me nightmares for the longest time. I could tell Karen was getting pretty frustrated that I wasn't going to break. She soon ended the call by going on about how excited she was that I was going to be in the one film. Most people would have cut ties with this by now. My curiosity got the better of me, and I found myself driving to the location Eric had made me write down. I knew it was a bad idea, but I just wanted to know. It was getting pretty dark by the time I was close, and I wasn't familiar with the area at all. When I finally arrived, I saw this run-down church with a single white truck in the parking lot. Finally, I talked myself out of the situation and turned around. I paused in the street next to the parking lot and quickly texted Eric. I told him that I did not feel comfortable and would not be taking part in this project. Right before I took off, I glanced at the church and saw a figure of a very large man standing in the dark in the lobby. I practically floored it at this point and went straight back to my dorm. When I got back I had a new message from him saying, I see you again, don't be scared. I never heard from him again, but to this day I'm insanely paranoid that he'll find me. I still live in the same town, but have moved a lot since then. Occasionally I'll get a friend request from people who have his production company in their job description, but I quickly block them. I don't know what would have happened if I had gone into the building that night, or if I had played into Karen's hands, but I'm happy to be here and that's what really matters. So Eric, let's never meet again. For context, I'm a girl and the major part of this story happened when I was in the 8th I lived in the same house from the ages of four until I turned twenty-one. It was a duplex, meaning there were two houses on the same property, with a large backyard. Our property manager had turned part of its garage into a small bedroom and had rented it out to a man. My family moved into the home closest to the backyard when I was four. My dad being the friendly guy he is, made friends with the man living in the small bedroom across from our home. This man was older, maybe in his late 40s or early 50s, always reeked of alcohol and cigarettes, wore glasses and had crooked teeth, the works. Over the years, he watched me closely, in a creepy way. He'd only leave the door cracked open about an inch, and I'd see the glass gleam as he watched me play with my friends or by myself. He would always try to tempt me to come with him with money or candy. As I got older, I started inviting my middle school friends to my home. A few of them would comment on the weird man staring at us. I remember a time where I said, he's staring at us again. And one of my guy friends responded with, he's not staring at us, he's watching you. My best friend, and yes, she's the same best friend I've mentioned in the last two stories. We'll call her Karen. Karen and I had been super invested into Naruto. We'd always watch it on our spare time together. One of the characters, Jiraiya, was a super pervert who would lurk around women. Naruto called him Purvy Sage. So, we started calling the creepy old man Purvy Sage as well. Sorry, Jiraiya. Late one night, maybe around 8pm or 9pm, when I was around 13 or 14, Karen and I were in my dining room area sitting at the computer with my dog on my lap. My parents were at work. My older brothers were in their room. They shared the master bedroom. They were hanging out with their friends. I recall hearing my front door open, but not thinking much of it. That's until I smelled the stench of cigarettes and alcohol. We looked to our left and saw him inside my home, but neither of us said a thing. Karen and I were both in shock. He walked up to us and stood behind me. He began to play with my hair, asking what we were doing. Karen and I just sat there, not knowing what to say. He knew my parents weren't home. She blurted out that we had ordered pizza online and typed in Pizza Hut on the search bar. She later told me if we ordered pizza, a grown up would come and we could tell him or her what was wrong. The man did not budge. He continued to play with my hair. Karen got up and nervously said, I'm going to ask your brothers if they want anything on their pizza. And with that, she ran to the right straight down the hallway and bolted through my brother's door. I had just finalized the pizza purchase and heard her scream, Pervy Sage is acting weird. The man spoke only Spanish. I doubt he knew what she said, but with that, I grabbed my dog and ran towards my brother's room and repeated it, Pervy Sage is acting weird. Both Karen and I blurted out how weird he was being and how he came in uninvited. I can imagine we both looked hysterical. My brothers told us to get the fuck out of their room. I'm not sure if they were trying to act cool in front of their friends, but I knew how they were. If I didn't do as they acted, I'd get beat up or told off. Karen and I looked at each other sort of defeated. We closed the bedroom door and stood right in front of it for a second. We looked back where we originally sat, but the man was not there. Karen and I ran to the kitchen, grabbing two knives, and ran into my bedroom and locked the door. She sat on the bed with my dog, and I sat on the floor, trying to listen or feel if he was walking around the house. When my house is old. It would have easily shaken when someone walked around. So... I felt if I sat on the floor, I'd feel if you were inside. My bedroom had two doors, one with a lock that connected to the hallway, the other with no lock connected to my parents' room, which was right next to the front door of the house. Karen and I heard his footsteps in the living room once more than silence. We both looked at each other in horror. We both rushed to the second door and pushed against it just in time to stop him from opening it. The man pushed for about thirty seconds before stopping. The moment he stopped, Kieran and I took the opportunity to push a dresser in front of the door to barricade it. About fifty minutes later of us sitting on my bed, knives in hand. We heard the pizza guy arrive. With that, the man was gone. Back in his hole of a bedroom, outside my home. We locked the front door and ate our pizza. We didn't call the police, because where we lived we thought we believed two kids. A few days later, Karen and I reported everything to our school counselor. She was an amazing, caring woman. She was always there for us, no matter what we needed. So we trusted her enough to tell her what had happened. She made a full report and interviewed us both separately to make sure we weren't lying. She called us both into her office the next day and let us know she had called the police to report the incident, but they told her We cannot do anything until something happens. Karen was furious. Are we supposed to be found dead in a ditch for them to do anything? I can still hear her saying this to this very day. Our counselor called our parents to report the incident. Karen's parents didn't seem to care. Their divorce was more important. My dad asked me if it was true and said he talked to the guy. My brother came to me saying... If he comes near you, tell us. And all of a sudden, they cared. My dad remained friends with the man. This man stopped talking to me for years, but never stopped watching. When I was 16, Karen and I were hanging out near the front of our property. The man had ridden his bike near us and said, Your attitude has changed, in Spanish. This was the first time he said anything to me since the event two to three years prior. So I told him, I'm not a kid anymore. I know what you are, and I can fight back. Karen glared at him. He moved away shortly after that. Karen and I lost touch after he moved away. We both went to different high schools, and for the first time in two years, we tried our hardest to remain in contact, but we grew apart. That and her mom had her moving from place to place after the divorce. I grew up with trust issues around men due to that man. It's just something I'm slowly trying to get over. I'm 24 now. The last time I saw him, I was in my dad's car and he was riding his bike down the street. But that was back when I was 18. I haven't seen him since. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the video. Um. I don't know what to say, I, I don't really write a script towards the end here, so I just kind of just say what's on top of my mind, uh, let me know what you guys want to see next, I'm thinking about doing some cryptid videos, I really like skinwalkers and things like that, and I've been doing all of these a lot to not need stories, just cause they're, they're a fun read in general, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what you guys would like to hear next, and um, Number four, confessing my lovey to Barack Obama and telling him that I want to make love to him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys take it easy.